Using simulation-based education to improve team communication during a massive transfusion protocol in the OR by Rebecca Vortman Abstract Hemorrhaging during operative and other invasive procedures can result in devastating outcomes for surgical patients. An effective plan of action in the form of a massive transfusion protocol, MTP, along with teamwork and clear communication among OR personnel, is critical during a hemorrhagic crisis to improve patient outcomes. However, perioperative personnel may be unprepared to manage a hemorrhagic crisis because they lack experiential knowledge of these uncommon high-risk scenarios. Perioperative leaders at a 500-bed acute care hospital in the Midwest developed an educational activity involving a video-recorded simulated MTP scenario, learning modules, and debriefing sessions to educate more than 150 employees. Perioperative personnel received pre-education and watched the video-recorded MTP simulation together and then participated in team debriefings after watching the video. Based on team debriefings and evaluation feedback, most staff members believe that the activity improved team communication. Patients experiencing a hemorrhagic crisis in the OR require parallel hemorrhage control and blood replacement therapy to restore the oxygen-carrying capacity of the blood. A rapid response by OR team members and the ability to work together effectively and communicate clearly is essential to restore the patient's hemodynamic stability and improve patient outcomes. A massive transfusion protocol, MTP, is a standardized algorithm used to guide healthcare providers when rapid blood replacement is necessary to save the patient's life. Interdisciplinary collaboration among healthcare professionals is essential to carry out an MTP successfully. The MTP also may provide guidance for professionals on the roles they will play after the protocol is activated. Clinicians working in the perioperative environment are exposed to patients who have multiple complex medical conditions, and an unexpected hemorrhagic crisis could occur at any moment, requiring the initiation of an MTP and a rapid response from OR team members. In the 2000 report, To Air is Human, Building a Safer Health System, the Institute of Medicine recommended that members of a healthcare team learn together. Additionally, AORN recommends that OR personnel receive ongoing education related to team communication. One way to teach perioperative team members how to respond to a hemorrhagic crisis using an MTP while working together as a well-functioning team is through the use of a simulation. Simulation is a technique used to replicate medical tasks and the environments in which they are performed for clinicians to learn, practice, and perfect their technical and non-technical skills, for example, communication, teamwork. It is a common educational modality used to train surgical teams in a safe learning environment to avoid compromising patient outcomes. This type of education should include all team members to improve interprofessional communication. Managing Hemorrhagic Crises in the OR One of the first interventions during a hemorrhagic crisis in the OR is the initiation of an MTP. An MTP prompts clinical personnel to follow a specific process to replace blood rapidly and prevent exsanguination in patients who are hemorrhaging. 
by implementing their facility's MTP. Personnel ensure blood products are made immediately available, and providers follow a set recommended ratio for delivering different types of blood products to the patient during the transfusion. The optimal ratio for transfusing fresh frozen plasma, platelets, and packed red blood cells to patients during an MTP scenario is unknown. However, the most common ratio used is 1 to 1 to 1. In addition to communication and coordination among OR team members, blood bank personnel and surgical support specialists play important roles in the process by preparing and delivering blood products to the surgical team when the MTP is activated. Needs Assessment When the MTP is initiated, blood bank personnel shift priorities and resources to manage the MTP until it is terminated. If a member of the OR team does not call the blood bank personnel to tell them that they are terminating the MTP, blood bank personnel unnecessarily continue to prepare products, and the blood bank tasks for the rest of the hospital remain on hold until priorities shift away from the MTP. Promptly notifying the blood bank personnel when the MTP ends is critical to maintain continuous and efficient blood bank operations. In 2017, perioperative leaders and educators at our facility observed an opportunity to improve team communication between OR personnel and blood bank department personnel regarding the termination of an MTP. Additionally, perioperative leaders observed an opportunity to ensure post-procedure debriefings were occurring with the surgical team after a hemorrhagic crisis. These stressful and demanding events may decrease the opportunity for the team to use the standardized post-procedure communication tool because of competing priorities. The observations led the leaders and educators to identify a need for surgical team members to learn their individual roles and responsibilities when activating, carrying out, and terminating the facility's MTP. The leaders also wanted to increase the team members' awareness of the importance of team communication during and after an unexpected patient hemorrhage in the OR, including surgical debriefings. MTP Simulation-Based Education In 2015, the AORN Simulation Task Force developed a hemorrhage simulation and an accompanying guide that provides perioperative leaders and educators with step-by-step -step instructions for planning a simulation learning activity, thereby promoting and facilitating clinical learning for multidisciplinary teams. The hemorrhage simulation packet includes the learning objectives, a patient hemorrhage scenario, a description of the required setup, supplies, and sequence of events, pre-briefing and debriefing questions, and a pre-test and post-test. After identifying the need for an MTP educational activity, a multidisciplinary team of perioperative leaders and simulation specialists at our facility convened to plan a simulation training session for perioperative personnel. These team members included the Administrator of Perioperative Services, the Director of Perioperative Nursing, the Director of Perioperative Quality and Support Services, the OR Nurse Manager, the Manager of Perioperative Education, and a Simulation Learning Facilitator. The team used AORN's simulation tool and made minor adjustments to fit the learning needs of our clinical personnel. Because clinicians at our facility do not often encounter a hemorrhagic crisis, the planning team required staff members working in all surgical specialties 
to undergo the MTP simulation training. The team anticipated providing education for more than 150 staff members. Setting The MTP simulation-based education took place at a magnet-designated 500-bed acute care medical center in the Midwest. This facility comprises 23 ORs in the main surgery department, an outpatient surgery center, and a cardiovascular surgery department. Perioperative educators from the main surgery department train all perioperative nursing staff members, that is, nurses, surgical technologists, in every surgical specialty, including orthopedics, general surgery, urology, gynecology, neurology, plastic surgery, robotics, and otolaryngology. The medical center has an educational learning center with a dedicated simulation complex that contains a simulated OR designed to mimic an OR in the main surgery department. The simulated OR contains high-fidelity simulation mannequins, video integration technology, anesthesia machines, mayo stands, and cabinets stocked with disposable items similar to those stocked in a real OR. For example, gowns, gloves, prepping solutions, sutures. It also has a standard OR bed, back table, skin prep table, electrosurgical unit, and suction apparatus. For the hemorrhage simulation, the team used the simulated OR, the simulation center front desk area, and an auditorium for pre-briefing, debriefing, live simulation viewing by the perioperative leadership team, and screening the video-recorded simulation for staff members. The team identified and procured equipment and other items that were necessary to implement a successful simulation. See sidebar 1. Two-phase education strategy. The planning team was challenged with developing an efficient and effective strategy to provide simulation education to more than 150 employees while also maintaining operations in the surgery department. We originally planned to send small groups of staff members to each participate in a hemorrhage simulation scenario. However, we determined that method would require a total of 45 simulation sessions. Because of time constraints on the educators and leaders, the amount of time required to manage each individual simulation and challenges associated with relieving staff members from the OR, we determined the proposed simulation plan was not feasible. Subsequently, the team decided to develop an innovative way to deliver training via a two-phase education strategy. See Figure 1. The first phase included providing pre-education, executing and recording the simulation, and creating the educational content for the simulation screenings. The second phase consisted of disseminating the educational information to personnel via two screenings of the simulation video and accompanying PowerPoint presentations, conducting group debriefings, and creating a computer-based learning CBL, module for staff members who were unable to attend one of the simulation screening events. Phase 1, Step 1, Pre-Education Additional teaching methods, for example, pre-education, used in conjunction with the simulation increase the desired knowledge and skills intended for the learner. Pre-education can prepare learners for the topic before the formal learning, for example, simulation, occurs by allowing learners to identify areas of practice they need to understand and skills they need to acquire.
the planning team developed a packet of pre-education materials that included PowerPoint slides and an article titled Crisis Management of a Hemorrhagic Emergency in the OR. The purpose of the pre-education assignment was to provide clinicians with basic knowledge of our organization's MTP and their roles and responsibilities during the management of a hemorrhagic crisis in the OR. The manager of perioperative education and the director of perioperative nursing developed the PowerPoint slides based on our organization's MTP and identified the following learning objectives for staff members receiving the pre-education packet. To identify the individual responsibilities of various perioperative team members during the management of a hemorrhaging patient and to define an MTP. We sent the pre-education packet to all relevant personnel, that is, anesthesia professionals, RN circulators, surgical technologists, preoperative and postoperative nurses, surgical support specialists, data support specialists, unit secretaries, blood bank technicians, via email to read and review. Upon completion of the required readings, each recipient of the pre-education packet completed a 10-question post-test via our organization's CBL system. We expected them to complete the components of the pre-education before attending any of the simulation activities with a passing score of 100% on the post-test. Phase 1, Step 2, Executing and Recording the Simulation In the second step, we recorded a live simulation performed by a surgical team that included a surgeon, an anesthesiologist, three CRNAs, two RN circulators, two surgical technologists, a post-operative nurse, an OR charge nurse, a data support specialist, a blood bank representative, a surgical support specialist, and an anesthesia technician. All the participants received pre-education materials and completed a post-test before the simulation session. AORN's hemorrhage simulation scenario involves a 34-year-old female undergoing a laparoscopic cholecystectomy that is emergently converted to an open procedure. The planning team adjusted the patient's scenario to involve a 45-year-old female with a left renal mass scheduled for an elective laparoscopic partial left nephrectomy, requiring an emergent conversion to laparotomy. We identified the following learning objectives for the MTP simulation participants. 1. Demonstrate understanding and implementation of the MTP. 2. Discuss how to manage the care of a patient with emergent hemorrhaging. 3. Demonstrate interpersonal communication skills. And 4. Define perioperative team member roles and responsibilities for managing a hemorrhagic crisis. The perioperative leadership team also conducted a practice run before the live simulation to ensure the developed scenario, simulation equipment, and mock supplies were prepared accurately. Because this was the first simulation that the leadership team was conducting, we went through the steps of the simulation with the simulation specialists to ensure all necessary equipment was available and to retrieve additional items that were overlooked. The live simulation exercise began with a simulation team convening in an auditorium classroom. The team watched a pre-briefing video that explained they would learn in a safe, judgment-free environment and that the goal was to identify opportunities for improvement during the simulation. 
We also told participants that they could refrain from participating. After the pre-briefing, we escorted the team to the simulated OR and introduced them to the simulation environment. The facilitator read the patient background information aloud to the surgical team before beginning the simulation. A videographer began recording the session before the scenario was read and ceased recording after the OR team conducted the post-procedure debriefing. All participating staff members were aware that they were being recorded. At the beginning of the simulation, the team members involved with the patient included the anesthesiologist, one CRNA, one RN circulator, the surgeon, and one surgical technologist. The OR charge nurse, blood bank representative, and surgical support specialist were stationed outside the simulated OR, as they would be during an actual emergency. The data support specialist was at the front desk. The extra staff members, for example, post-operative nurse, additional surgical technologist, RN circulator, anesthesia technician, CRNAs, responded to assist after one of the team members in the simulated OR pressed the code alert button. We instructed the team members to assume their roles as they would in the OR and to apply the knowledge gained from the pre-education packet. The simulation gave the surgical team an opportunity to initiate and terminate the MTP according to policy and to conduct the post-procedure surgical debriefing. The simulation lasted 10 minutes. After the simulation, the team returned to the auditorium to debrief with the planning team members and a trained specialist in simulation debriefing. These debriefing sessions allowed the simulation participants to discuss what went well and opportunities for improvement. The team expressed that they were unable to locate surgical items during the simulation, such as medications, fluids, suture, extra instruments, and radiopaic laparotomy sponges, because they were unfamiliar with the simulated OR. Although the simulated OR is set up to mimic a real OR, it did not contain every supply that is typically located in a real OR. There also was uncertainty about who was leading the simulation. When we asked the team to identify the leader, some participants believed it was the surgeon, and others thought it was the anesthesiologist. After the simulation recording event, additional planning occurred to prepare for the simulation video screening sessions. The videographer edited the recording of the live simulation to combine video that was focused on the mannequin with a recording of what was happening in the room, so viewers could see all of the participants' actions in relation to changes with the simulated patient, that is, mannequin. The manager of perioperative education created a PowerPoint presentation to apply the key takeaways from the pre-education activity to the simulation video. Phase 2, Step 1, Simulation Video Screening The next phase involved bringing all perioperative clinicians together to view the recorded simulation and to debrief as a team. Participants of the live simulation recording attended if they were scheduled to work on the day of the screening. We scheduled the MTP simulation screening one month after the simulation occurred. At our facility, the first procedures of the day are scheduled to begin one hour later than normal operating hours on the first Thursday of every month, so that perioperative services can hold staff meetings during this time. The planning team decided to use this dedicated time to bring the perioperative staff members together to view the simulation video. 
We also held a second session in the afternoon with a smaller group of staff members working the later shifts. The manager of perioperative education collaborated with the Education Council, comprised of perioperative nurses and surgical technologists, to assist with the auditorium setup and sign-in sheets. We arranged the auditorium into rows of six chairs each, with a piece of paper on each chair indicating a specific role, and instructed participants to choose a seat with their specific role on it. Each row represented a surgical team. We combined anesthesia technicians, data support specialists, unit secretaries, and surgical support specialists into one role because of space limitations in the auditorium. Leaders from each perioperative discipline, for example, OR nursing, anesthesia, attended with their staff members. The manager of perioperative education provided a brief overview of the educational purpose of the session, applied pre-education concepts to the simulation, and identified opportunities for improvement based on the outcomes of the live simulation via a PowerPoint presentation. Next, the group watched the simulation video. At the conclusion of the video, participants answered the debriefing questions in their surgical team groups and filled out post-session evaluations, which we collected and analyzed by compiling the evaluation ratings. We had a videographer record the first session of the simulation screening event, including the PowerPoint presentation and the screening of the live simulation video. Phase 2. Step 2. Creating CBL Modules To address the challenge of staff members being unable to attend one of the two sessions because of scheduling conflicts, and because it was important for every perioperative staff member to receive this education, leaders felt we needed to offer an alternative option. The manager of perioperative education collaborated with a multimedia consultant to incorporate the recording of the simulation video screening event into a CBL module. We compiled a list of names of those who were unable to attend a simulation screening to determine who needed the education in a CBL format. We assigned the CBL module containing the MTP simulation video, PowerPoint presentation, and debriefing and evaluation questions to staff members who could not attend a screening and allowed them one month to complete the module. Staff members earned one continuing education contact hour for either participating in the MTP simulation, attending an MTP simulation screening session, or completing the CBL module. Evaluation At the conclusion of both the simulation recording and the simulation screening, participants received an education evaluation form. Based on the evaluations, most of the staff members felt the simulation activities improved team communication and offered an innovative way to practice using the MTP. Staff members expressed that they felt more confident and prepared for a hemorrhagic crisis and understood their roles and responsibilities during an MTP event in the OR. Staff members also reported that they would like to participate in more simulation-based activities. Key takeaways from the team debriefings after both the live simulation and the video screening included 1. Ensuring that team communication is established through clearly defined roles and responsibilities. 2. Acquiring extra help if the event occurs during the evening or night shifts when staffing levels are lower. 3. Identifying a clear team leader. And 4. 
consulting a trauma surgeon for additional assistance to control the bleeding. After conducting the MTP simulation-based training, we identified future opportunities for leaders to collaborate with physician partners regarding the OR team leadership roles during a hemorrhagic crisis in the OR. One limitation to this method was that only one team participated in the live simulation and most of the staff members participated by viewing the recorded simulation. However, the two-phase method was still an overall success based on participant feedback. The planning team of leaders and educators decided to follow the same process for future simulations and to focus on multidisciplinary communication and teamwork. After the conclusion of the MTP simulation-based training, the team implemented fire simulation-based education using the same two-phase strategy, which continues to be an efficient and effective delivery method for simulation education that emphasizes team communication for a large number of staff members. Lessons learned. Along with any new educational endeavor comes unexpected situations to consider for future improvements. During the live simulation, the planning team did not expect staff members to be searching for additional supplies to assist with a mock patient hemorrhage. Participant feedback indicated a desire for the team participating in the simulation to also be involved with setting up the room so they would know where the necessary items were located. On the day of the simulation screening, the sign-in process caused a delay before the start of the presentation and screening of the recording. With more than 150 staff members in attendance, we planned for the usual paper sign-in sheets for staff members to initial as proof of attendance. However, we did not anticipate that most of the staff members would arrive only a few minutes before the scheduled start time, which resulted in an extensive line at the sign-in location. To provide a more efficient sign-in process for future educational sessions, the planning team decided to use employee badge readers instead of paper sign-in sheets. Conclusion Teamwork and clear communication among surgical team members is crucial during hemorrhagic crisis in the OR. However, clinicians may be unprepared to work together to manage a hemorrhagic crisis and implement the facility's MTP. Simulation is an effective educational method to increase staff members' confidence and skills while they also practice teamwork and collaboration in a safe environment. However, it can be logistically difficult to provide simulation education to a large group of clinicians. By recording a single MTP simulation, playing the video recording for a large group of staff members at morning and afternoon meetings, and creating a CBL module that included the simulation video, we were able to provide MTP education to more than 150 staff members. The pre-education with post-test, recorded simulation, debriefings after both the live and screened simulations, and evaluation forms, allowed perioperative leaders to identify gaps in care and opportunities for improvement for staff members implementing the MTP.